Hello. (laughs) (laughs) This is the take two on recording. I did not like how we sounded, so I just deleted it. And that really put Peter over the edge, I think, a little bit. No, I'm I'm still on the edge. Uh, (laughs) I'm considering my choices now. I was just told to just not sound dead uh, as an advice for the take number two. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little better. Some, like, voice, like, you know, not being so... I've been told. My name I've is been, Peter. I literally have been told since elementary oh school. But gosh. listen, there was this teacher. Here we go. And she was very, like, very proper and very educated and very smart. Mm-hmm. And she told me since, like, elementary school, you have a voice for radio and a face. You definitely have a beautiful voice. That's why I loved you. That's, like, why I fell in love with you is your voice. <clears throat> Because did you see your hair? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I loved your voice and I still love your voice. But sometimes when I'm like looking for excitement. You know where not to look, dude. Like we've been <laughs> together for 15 years. Don't look for excitement. Don't, don't, don't look here. Don't uh, look this direction. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's for another time. So today we have a very... Um, I think interesting topic. We're not going to talk for too long because we have a special guest on. Her name is Nikki, and she happens to be my mother and your wonderful mother-in-law. Yep. So the reason we're having her on is because she has a personal story that ties in with what we're talking about. So I thought that that would be interesting for people to hear. Do you want to do any more of a cliffhanging, or do you want to do you want to tell? Well, I thought I was going to cough like majorly in the thing, so I was trying to like. Uh, anyway, so what are we talking about today? Talking about <laughs> no, we um yeah, I do want to do a little more cliffhanging. Wow. <laughs> no, no, we have spent you know most of our time the last few weeks discussing negative things, things that are that are really just crappy that are happening in the world and we wanted to focus on the good news that happened just a few days ago which is the heartbeat bill that just passed in texas peter would you like to share what the heartbeat bill entails or at least like a small you know just give the people as far as i understand and i as far as i understand and i did try to dig a little deeper into it and read the whole text but somehow the powers to be were not in my favor and the internet went down but as far as we can tell right now it the abortion past the sixth week six sixth week of pregnancy has become illegal in in texas so um as as soon as the the fetal heartbeat is detected it is not legal for the abortion to be performed and they're performed and there is a there is a legal action you can take against everybody who would be performing the abortion which i think is um specifically there you know to scare the the murderers from <laughs> killing the babies so yeah. i think that was a that was a smart move it it is whoever saying it's on un- un- constitutional and illegal and this Roe and that. V. Wade wasn't constitutional. There is no provision in the 
U.S. Constitution that allows you to kill your child. No right. matter where you try to dig it up and no matter what, you know, uh, alternative reality you're trying to create for yourself, the founding fathers did not say, hey, kill your babies if you wish. Right. So, so it's not there. Uh, I don't think it's going to overturn Roe v. Roe v. Wade. It might do something to... to um, well, already some other states are talking about doing the same thing. I think South Carolina, <clears throat> Florida maybe, and Better. one other one other so, might follow suit. All in all, good news yeah. for life. So, and we've had a previous um, podcast about abortion. We specifically talked about Margaret Sanger and the, you know, how abortion or Planned Parenthood started and how they're wrapped up in racism and eugenics and all this awful, ugly stuff that people don't like to talk about. Even Planned Parenthood just uh, like last year came to face their past demons. Um, but we could go on and on about our opinion. We know some of you listening probably don't share our opinion. You're we- wrong. <laughs> Excuse me. Corona. My Corona. Anyway. Is it Delta or is it Moo? I think it's the new. It's the new Moo. It's the Moo. It's the Moo. It's the Moo. Okay. Anyway. So, but we encourage you to continue to listen because uh, my mom's story is not unique in one way, but unique in other ways, and you'll hear. But it's interesting to hear the perspective of, you know, someone who... Uh, almost went through... Don't give it away. Just went through a situation where abortion... Was an option. Was an option and a very strong option and how that affected her and ultimately changed the trajectory of our whole family. Um, So definitely tune into that. Um, And we, you know, we have very strong opinions about this. Um, we could go back and forth about, you know, is the child really a child? When does life begin? You know, there's Christians that argue about, well, life began at first breath or life begins at contraception or conception. (laughs) Precisely the wrong word. It does not begin at contraception. Um, so, you know, there's all these other arguments. Um, one, and Peter, you, you've probably seen this. The One thing that Hollywood came out of their little hellhole lately and, and decided to, although they've been ignoring all the other major mm-hmm. things that have been happening, humanitarian crisis on the border, Cuban crisis, uh, people, you know, Afghanistan, Afghanistan um, Biden's total ineptitude. Um, they've been, you know, totally ignoring all of that. But they came out to literally cry and scream about not being able to murder uh, their children in one state. Um, if they want to kill the unborn children because they're not viable, I don't know how they can advocate for Biden to live. Because that son of a banana, I mean, I don't know what's keeping him alive, but... He's not any, a lot more, of any, vitamins he's not and, any more viable than a six-week-old. I mean, we can, we can, they have all sorts of 
crazy reasons to think that the way they think. Um, and we can get into that another time. We, uh, we have a lot of rebuttals. But I just, the one thing that they've been passing around is really horrific. And it gets to, it would get to anybody with a heart, right? It's a story about a 10 or 11, I think an 11-year-old little girl who got pregnant by, I think, a, a, a rape by a family member. I could be wrong about the family member part, but I'm pre- pretty sure. And now they're saying, look, you're forcing her to give birth and go through the trauma of giving birth. And how dare you, yada, yada. Of course, that's a terrible story, right? Right, that, that, that is the, the whole Raymond insert in. Incest, yeah. Incest. I almost said insect. Incest is the 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 only thing that I've ever questioned when it came to abortion Hold debate. On. Hold on, Archa. Hold on. What is it? Are you doing your podcast? Yes, yes, we are. Give us like ten more minutes. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the the rapes and incests are the the one thing that I've always struggled with when it came to abortion. I still do believe that that the life unborn life is more valuable than <clears throat> that it shouldn't be punished for the sins of the father. I I cannot obviously understand the trauma that those girls go through. But I it, it, But what you're saying is you have a you have empathy or sympathy or you have an understanding as to why pro choice people Struggle yes, with that yes. I can, I can, particular. I can see. I don't see. I don't think it's a struggle. I, I think it's a cudgel that they're using against us. A lot of it. So, is, yes. uh, again, the rape situations account for less than one percent of the abortions, which in America, unfortunately, is still thousands and thousands of cases every year. However, I think there will be further trauma for those girls that go through it and those women that go through it. When the time passes and they realize not only they had been horribly abused by anybody or somebody, but later the inevitably the realization will come that on the top of the abuse they were they went they they were put through they also killed a child and i I think that's gonna be you know that's that's gonna amplify the 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 trauma from the abuse. Well, one thing I wanted to, I agree with you. One thing I wanted to to say is that they're passing the story along of this 11-year-old girl. So let's use her as an example. Uh, so what they don't talk about is that if she has, if, if, if abortion in Texas continues to be uh, readily available on every corner of the city, uh, Planned Parenthood, just open, you know, come on in. This is how we make our money. If that continues to happen, a 10-year-old who is raped by her father, let's say, or her grandfather or her uncle or her brother or her, you know, whoever, stepfather, whatever, 10-year-old, 11-year-old little girl who's pregnant will be taken, can be taken by that rapist to the local Planned Parenthood. Yep. And he Give, can, he he can, can sign take off. Take care of his problem real quick. Take care of his problem immediately. And then continue to rape and sexually harm her until the day that she dies. And there is no outcry about that. There is no question about that. 
And here we are saying, well, the little girl is going to have to be forced to have a, a birth. Yes, it is traumatic. The whole thing is terrible. But if it will be hidden, his sins would be hidden yeah. yep. if would, abortion is available. I would suggest when these bills are passing throughout probably mostly southern states, conservative states, there should be a provision added to it that if it is a case of rape, that there is immediate death sentence on the rapist. Immediate. No question asked, no jury, no nothing. You did it. There is a there is a quick DNA test. You you rape this person, you are thrown to the dog. And or then something. here here comes here comes all the people go, oh, I thought you were pro-life. I'm not pro th- 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 or, th- I thought th- you were pro-all no. life. Nope, you have to be pro-all life. You're just pro, so you're just pro-birth? No, no. I'm pro-baby life because they did nothing. <laughs> I absolutely would eliminate animals yeah. like rapists. Mm-hmm. And any man, any man who sexually abuses any woman or a child or a girl or a, a boy for that matter yes 100 percent eliminate them they are scum of the earth they are pieces of human excrement excrement and they need to be completely and immediately no life no 25 years i'm not paying for but, 100 years in jail no kill them so okay so that's great and all and i agree with you but Let's be realistic. What's happening now is that abortion and abortion clinics are actually helping the rapists. Yes, 100%. 100%. Another thing, and I've you can. Heard, I've you heard can, the phone calls. I've I, heard, yeah. I was just going to say, you can listen to the actual phone call. You yourself can call. You yourself can call a Planned Parenthood and ask them. Make up the story. Make I up a story. I have girl. a 12 year old yeah. girl. Uh, actually, I have a couple 12-year-old girls here right. who I'm uh, in charge of. They're not even going to ask and you if you're hiding them in your trailer. They're going to be like, exactly. yeah, sure. They help, they help the rapist, guys. This is not as clear-cut as pro-choicers think it is. It's and not. the fun part is your tax money helps it too. So yeah. you personally help it. Because- well, they have the Hyde Amendment, but that oh, doesn't work. Anyway, uh. we'll talk about that another time. We don't have as much time because we have the special guest. Oh, just getting fired up, man. I know, fire. but it, you know we can't have a two-hour segment. People will fall asleep. So we- there is a. I want to. I want to say this one of more course, thing. There is the, this do. website. It's called change.org, and you can um, start a petition. I suggest, and I might do it myself. Let's start a petition to the federal government that the rapists get killed on site. <clears throat> No jail sentence. Can we? Can we? Can we do that with support of our listeners? That rapists get well. Murdered? No, you know why I say no, and this is for another. I'm playing devil's advocate here. How many women have claimed rape, and they've true lied about it? Well, it has to be definitive. Oh, okay. Well, then, then it becomes you difficult. Are, you are correct. You are. So correct. then you're sentencing. You know, just like our prison system, we have a yeah. bunch of people in prison for life for something they didn't commit, you know, for a crime they didn't commit. So I know you're all emotional, but logic Man, ruins it. I almost got all of the rapists killed and you just stopped <clears throat> like that. I think anybody that has anything to do with a child, for sure, like that, because children typically don't lie about stuff like that. They're very, very honest and 
Um, yeah, but they also are too afraid to say anything. Most of the yeah, but when they do like, say something, that's my point, is when they do say something and they say, this uncle touched me this way, right. they're, you know, they're not usually making anything up. So believe children. Um, don't believe all women. <laughs> yeah, definitely don't believe all people no. in general. Like, but that was a terrible thing that was hashtag for like two years. And now it's like, Gone because nobody believes all of the no one believes any of Biden's Biden people. Accusers. All right. Um, anyway, we digest. We, di- 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 we digest our food. I do digest, but also we die. You can do it. Di- you can do it. I di- digress. Digress. Damn it! I was going to dissect, but I'm not dissecting anything here right now. Um. Okay. So with that said, we want to introduce you to my mother, Nikki, and she's going to be sharing a very personal story that has to do with all of this. So please enjoy. Bye. So we are here with the very special guest that I had mentioned earlier, uh, that it is my mother. And we're very happy to have you. Thanks, Mom, for being on the podcast. My pleasure. (laughs) I know I'm interrupting a beautiful... Sunday of rest nah. for you. Yeah. yeah but, no, that's fine. Okay, I appreciate it. We both appreciate it. Um, Peter's not in this interview portion of it, but uh, that's okay. It's better to have mom and daughter for this. Um, as I spoke in our previous, um, in, in the podcast with Peter, uh, that we're talking about the heartbeat bill that just passed in Texas. And I thought since we were talking about the heartbeat bill that we could talk to someone who has a personal experience with abortion in some way, whether it's somebody they know, you know, that that has had an abortion or someone who almost had an abortion. And I thought, oh, my goodness, my own mother has an experience. So why not talk to you? So first I want to say, you know, thank you again, but I also want to ask you maybe tell us a little bit um, about your life before you had this experience and then we'll talk about the experience. All right. Um, I grew up in a what I thought was a kind of a normal family, but it turned out to be a wreck. There was alcoholism, there was bankruptcy, there was imprisonment, there was a whole bunch of stuff that uh, had happened in my past as I was growing up and uh, several moves and that kind of thing. So I was kind of a broken kid anyway. Once I graduated from high school, I went traveling a little bit and I ended up in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, where I thought I uh, was in love, (laughs) but it was in uh, March of 1977 that I found myself pregnant. And how, I'm sorry to interrupt, how old were you around this time? I was 21. Sorry, uh, okay. Not to give your age up or anything, but uh, sorry. Uh That's just fine. Um. So, so what I had found is that at at the time I found that I was pregnant, I also found out the man I was in love with was kind of 
doing a, he was in dual relationship with a, a really good friend of mine. So I found myself alone, uh, very much alone. And I was in Boston. Uh, I went to Boston to stay with my father, who is was just released from prison. And uh, he was an alcoholic and he was doing drugs. And I thought, this is ridiculous. There's no way I can put, bring a baby into this world. But Steph, you, you have to remember way back when um, I believed that there was a God. In fact, I talked. Um, I talked to God only when I was in trouble. I thought for sure that, you know, he, he might hear me if I cried out to him, if I got in trouble, if I was, uh, you know, near death of, uh, at some point, I'd cry out and say, help me. But I never really knew that you could have a personal relationship with him. I never went to church, never wanted to go to church. Um, but I kind of sensed that there was a God that was way up high in the heavens with a long white beard and who sat on that throne and was looking over at me and putting a check, black check mark next to my not name every time I messed up, which was a lot of times. <laughs> well, let me just stop you right there and kind of go back for a second. And we'll get back to, you know, how God obviously is a huge part of the story, but you, you kind of touched on something that I think a lot of people need to hear is that mm-hmm. you felt completely alone. Um, oh, absolutely. You were young. Uh, 21 is young to be pregnant. And you just found out that you were the man that you thought you were going to, you know, at that age, we all think, you know, oh, this is the love of my life. He was, he was going out with, your closest friend at the time. Correct. Right? So so you are completely alone. And I think I think that's something that, you know, people who are pro life, um, sometimes we can get so focused on, you know, saving the baby, saving the unborn, that we do forget that these women, some of them, not all of them by any means, some of them use abortion as birth control, but there's some women who are in positions where they feel like they have no other choice. And I feel like at that point, you probably felt the same. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Because, as I mentioned, I was staying with my father, but I knew how bankrupt he was um, in every area. And I also knew that I didn't have a good relationship with my mother, who just remarried. Uh, and... There were other, I had siblings, but they were just like me. (laughs) So we were all sort of struggling at the time. So I was alone in Boston. And I went to Boston and I made an appointment to go to the Planned Parenthood. Now, Um, real quick question. Did you tell this man that you were pregnant? And did he have any uh, encouragement for you to get it? You know, oh, fixed. yes, she said he would pay for it. Okay. Pay, uh, pay for the abortion. And, you know, unfortunately, I set up the appointment, and um, I had to backtrack a little bit because mm-hmm. one other time I thought I was pregnant, and I prayed 
as I used to pray when I was in big trouble or near death, oh, God, help me. I promise I won't go and get an abortion if you help me this time. So when I had said that, I forgot about it. My period came, everything was well, and I went on with my relationship, and all of a sudden I'm pregnant. <clears throat> Don't ask me. Uh, I guess I couldn't afford uh, birth control pills, but th- that was me way back when, and now I'm pregnant, and I make an appointment for the Planned Parenthood, and I go in. I'm sick to my stomach. Not because of getting the abortion, because to me it wasn't a, a real person at uh-huh. that time. Right. Uh, you, but you, you, you really don't have any other choice. You think, oh, okay, well, uh, if I have the baby, I'll give her up or him up for adoption, which is really admirable of women who do that and can do that. But in my heart, I knew I couldn't do that. Right. I couldn't give up a child. I just knew I couldn't do it uh-huh. without without restless nights, sleeps, and for, for guilty the, next... the rest of. So yeah. you thought you would be more guilty, uh, you know, giving your child to a loving family than actually, you know, you know what we deserting could... that child, you know, killing mind. it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That's what I thought. So I go in and I ask for, well, they, I had my appointment, so I knew I was going to get that abortion. I went into Planned Parenthood in Brookline, Massachusetts. I got on the table and I was waiting for the two doctors were coming in because we, I had requested anesthesia uh, uh, to be have um, some sort of shot. And as I laid there waiting for these doctors to come, I heard a voice within my heart. And he said, you are going to break your promise to God. And I heard it and I, it got louder. It kept asking me that question. I think three times he asked me that question. And at the time, the third time that came around, the doctors came on either side of me. And when I responded, I was responding to the voice. And I said, no, I'm not going to break my promise. And when I said that, both doctors took off. And it was as if... um, a very heavy stone was lifted off my chest and I was able to get up and walk away and uh, boy, the evil of the eyes of the re- the person that took the money and she had to refund my money. Uh, she, oh, she was, so this, that was there. This was, and you kind of had alluded to this, but this was before you were a Christian you always kind of oh. believed there was a God, but there was no, yeah. you know, as and and the people who are listening, not everybody who listens to our podcast is a Christian, but we are. And so we believe that, you know, you have a personal relationship with Jesus. It's not just this, like you said, this God way up high that sits on this throne and who isn't really, who doesn't care about us. And 
So this is Mm -hmm. kind of at this point, it's before you're a Christian, before you have a personal relationship with God, you, you make this major decision because you know that you made a promise to God, but you're still not a Christian, but you walk out. How did you feel when you walked out? Did you, you said you had relief in a way, but then was it like, Oh crap, what did I do? Or what, you know, at that moment, you're still in the same situation you were 15 minutes ago, alone, poor, you know, so what did you feel? I just felt like I was a balloon filled with light with air at the time because I was rising up and it, and not that my circumstances changed um, because I had a baby right inside of me and I had no husband and I was by myself in a big city uh-huh. with no job. I had left, a, I just started a job on the Cape of being a teller. So, uh, but I had no job. So it was a process and it was a hard process, but uh, in the next few years, I um, went on to to a school to get some secretarial business um, um, for accounting and that kind of thing in order to get out there and get a good job. Right. Uh, so I did that, and uh, I shared a, an apartment with a girlfriend and had the baby. And so basically... Uh, the point is that you didn't just you had you still had to work through everything you still had to kind of still suffer in ways where it would have been it, it, it's difficult it wasn't easy you were a single mom and you were dealing with all of that but you but let's talk about why you know okay we're we're not going to share all the other amazing things that happened to you you know, in between, you know, when you became a Christian and all this other stuff, because that's for another time. And I do want people Mm -hmm. to hear that, but why, like, why do you know, or why did you know that you made the right decision and what does it mean today for you? I think I can share one of the dreams I had. Okay. Uh, I had a recurring dream over and over again. It was about a huge white house with big, big white pillars and a huge front door and windows on either side of the door. And in front of the house was my father, drunk, sitting with his wife, drunk, laying there, and I couldn't open the door. There was no way to get through that door. The next thing I saw in my dream were two arms, mighty arms, lion arms, one on one side of the house and the other on the other side of the house, grabbing at me, warning me. I had no idea what this dream was about, but I can say to your listeners right now, uh, as supernaturally, I had a, I had someone call me on the telephone months later and I didn't know this person, and I consider it was an angel of God that was calling. I know it sounds crazy. But he says, I'm a dr- I like to interpret dreams. And he said, Did you, do you have a dream that bothers you? Is there any 
would you like to share it with me on the phone? I shared that dream with him on the phone. And he said, poor child, you had two strong, you had a decision to make and two strong arms were pulling at you and pawing at you in order uh, to have their way. You made the right decision, he said. And at that time, I understood, yes, I made the right decision. It's, and the thing is, when, when women, young women find themselves in this, it, it, all you can do is think of the, the worst. Sure. Oh, how am I going to do this? What's going to happen? You know, what's going to happen to the child? How am I going to support me and this child all by myself? Uh-huh. And, uh, but I'll tell you, we know the outcome of this story and how God had come and rescued me and delivered me. And now that child that I gave birth to, uh-huh. how many years ago, is a pastor's wife and has the most beautiful children, yeah. three children that I love very much, as much as I love my other grandson. It's okay. We know. We know they're all equal. We get it. We get it. (laughs) No, but I mean, how cool is that? And that's the thing that I think people, we live in a society today that is so, uh, you know, instant gratification, right? It's all about instant gratification. And, and that's the sad thing with, you know, suicide rates, people, they, you know, kids committing suicide left and right because they just want everything bad to end quickly. And yet they don't they don't think about the future, how it will end one day and there uh-huh. will be good on the, on the other side. And the same thing with these these girls and women who who find themselves in the situation. And now you could probably have never dreamt that in the future, after walking away from that Planned Parenthood, that you would have three amazing grandchildren that you know these people the, they would not exist if you no, had they would not move forward no. and the god did miracles yeah over and over and over again and his rescue over my child on that table yep was his rescue it wasn't mine it was his rescue Right. He interve- he intervened for me right. and gave me a blessing. Right. So th- that doesn't happen all the time, and I know that. Yeah. But I do know that God is a God of forgiveness, and he's right. a God of hope. Uh-huh. Hope. So he gives us great hope right. in our dire circumstances. So right. anyway. Well, I, you know what? We went past the time a little bit, but... I mean, I'm sure people are going to want to hear more. So we might have you back on here to to share some more of your experience. Um, And, you know, if anybody cares, my mother did write a couple books, one of which is called Pursued. That would be the first one, right? Am I right on that? Yes, Pursued. yes, I don't so, know if it's still available on Amazon. But. It, it, yeah, I think it is. But either either way, you can see, hear more about her story on there. Um, and it, so we're very, very thankful that you came on and shared this. And we hope that you will join us in uh, just continuing to pray for all these people, especially those 
who are so angry about this heartbeat bill and so, you know, ready to fight. And you can just see like the evil and just like mm-hmm. praying for, for them, you know, during this time. So absolutely. I will. And thank you for having me. I really enjoyed telling this story. It's been a while. Well, I'm glad you did. And it's a perfect time. So uh, thanks also for not aborting my sister and also or or me. Yeah, I appreciate the life. (laughs) You're welcome. All right. Have a wonderful day. Love you. Bye. All right. Bye.